I don't have friends. I got family. Welcome back, pod people, to a brand new episode of Cinema de More. We are talking about Too Fast, Too Furious as we continue our Fast and Furious streak. Hopefully you're still with us after the first episode. I think it was a great episode. Lexi was kind of upset because she's learning that nobody cares about car culture. No, that's Lexi, not true. Lexi, you're here with us. <laughs> yes. Why don't you introduce yourself? I am Lexi. I am here. Yep. Chuck's here. He's here physically, but maybe not in spirit the shadowy visage that is chuck yeah maybe before i watched this i re-watched the wonderful short film turbo a prelude to too fast too furious it's a really wonderful short film to help you understand how brian got from la to, to miami it's it's really important you'd be so confused you wouldn't understand too fast too furious without watching it how did he get there because i didn't watch it uh, he got there in a car. He drove. Okay. So there was cars involved, because I thought maybe, like, a boat or, like, a plane, maybe, or a walk. He is Paul Walker. <laughs> That's true. But, yeah, we're we're back. Our sequel has, like, what, two characters, I guess? The, like, one cop and Paul Walker. They're the only returning cast in this movie. Yeah, the FBI agent is back, and Paul Walker. And Ja Rule didn't want to come back because he doesn't do sequels. So we got Ludacris and... Can I just ask, what other films has Ja Rule been in other than The Fast and the Furious? I don't know. Because I'd like to know what... Well, it's like, what other films has he been in that he's he's like, whoa, 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 I don't do sequels. Like, what what does he have under his belt that he can make, make these kind of statements? Well, they definitely weren't fucking sequels. I don't know. I mean, I don't know everything that went on behind the scenes as to why maybe you can fill this void in. I don't know why Vin Diesel was not in the movie. I don't know why it doesn't directly continue that story, why it decides to just kind of have a new story with one of the characters. I wonder if Ja Rule knew this and was like, uh, it sounds like a mess. I don't want to be involved in sequels. Ja Rule's been in the cookout too. Oh my God. Java Rule is involved in oh, Fire Fest. Scary Movie 3. <laughs> yeah. Those are after Too Fast, Too Furious. Maybe after that yeah. movie was so good, he's like, all right, only sequels now. I don't know when The Cookout 2 was. I would imagine Scary, th- scary Movie 3 has got to be like, this is a 2003 movie, so I feel like Scary Movie 2 was probably out around this time. Yeah, I think so. I think you're probably right. Yeah. So the first movie was supposed to be a standalone film. There wasn't supposed to be a sequel. There wasn't supposed to be another one. The movie made money. They rolled the dice. They said, hey, look, this film made money. Let's make another one. 
Vin Diesel was That's how most franchises work. Well, it wasn't a franchise at that moment. It was just a standalone film that made money. Let's make another one. Vin Diesel wasn't the driving force behind it at that exact moment. It was its own thing. So they didn't include him in the second one because Paul Walker was the main character of the first film. So they focused the film series around him initially. Like, he was the main character. You know, Vin Diesel fucked off. Now we're going to follow Paul Walker because he also fucked off and he's kind of become a renegade cop, but they got to bring him back in, right? So one more time, he's got to be brought back in and be made to be a cop again and do cop shit. But, like, now he's not really a cop, so it's like now he's one of them. Now he's on the other side. So it's a different kind of game and stupid. Yeah, he racks you know. up. I guess the the short film you should watch it if you have the movie on like Blu-ray or whatever. It, it's off. It is awful. It it's so bad. <laughs> there's like no point to it at all. Uh, the quality is there's just a huge drop in it. But after he leaves the uh, Let's Vin Diesel go, he kind of like racks up more illegal charges between the between the movies. So. The police hold him over his hold that over his head. He's obviously one of the best drivers in the world, so that's why they need him. That's how it works in these movies. Well, and so the first movie is he's not the best driver in the world, but now by this movie, he's the best driver in the world. We've established who he is. This film, we have him built and established. We already know who he is. We don't need a backstory or whatever, so we can just jump straight into the action and getting into it and focusing on what people want which is cars and neon lights and cool shit like that's and like and weird emp torpedo things yeah (laughs) sure you know those are all over florida the cops you know they're completely armed with those so it's completely normal (laughs) brian he's evolved now he not only is he a criminal on the run he also lives out of a car garage so he did it in the first movie I don't think he lived in the car garage. Did yeah, he? he did live in he the garage. He lived in the garage, yeah. Oh, shit. He lived in that parts store. Look who's, look who's wrong now. Well, I'm just going to wait until you tell us how Vin Diesel said too soon in this movie. Oh, my God. Well, here, here's the difference. I remember that scene where he wakes up with Jordana Brewster in his bed that starts off in the garage, the parts store, whatever. And I believe Chuck, and I won't fight Chuck. But that wasn't... I won't... Oh, my God. Yeah, I had to send you a video that shows you that Vin Diesel doesn't say that line in your favorite movie. So, anyway, it's not my... I don't like the first one. That's not my favorite one. So, well, I, I, I have a little bit more appreciation for the you first one. You live and now. breathe NOS. No. no. Oh my God. Uh, I, I like this movie more than the first 100%. one. 100%. Yeah. I was never a fan of it's the It's a lot one. more fun. It's it's silly. It's got some great one-liners. It, it really does, like, a throwback to... A lot of those like 80s car movies it makes me think of well they even reference like the dukes of hazard tv show so even farther back it's like um the fun films that nick frost would like in hot fuzz so the car stuff in this one's a lot better than the car stuff in the first one the car culture stuff is much much better and the thing is is like even though you don't want to talk about the car culture stuff it's incredibly important because these films the car culture directly affects the films, but then the films also directly affect the car culture. So it's kind of interesting because, like, they all kind of work with each other. The car culture is an underground scene, right? And so the movies... Not really. Let me let me finish. The car culture is an, under... <laughs> the car culture is an underground scene in, in the first film. The film brings the scene to the mainstream. The mainstream now regular people are adopting elements of that scene, right? So then when that scene goes mainstream, then that the underground scene have to adopt new sort of like techniques to stand out, to not be part of the mainstream, because you don't want to be part of the mainstream to, you know, stand out. Like that's the whole point of the scene, like all car scenes, the whole point of a car scene in all forms is to stand out amongst your peers it's all showing off like that's what car stuff is it's all just fucking showing off so it's like more neon more colors more graphics on the sides of your cars right 
More NOS, more more NOS, bridges, more stereos in your car, even Chris bridges, more fucking TVs in your cars, right? More like <laughs> shit loading up in your cars, more what have you. So like this movie is like more. This movie's got so much yeah, more. Yeah, it's stuff. too fast. It's too furious. Right, like a hundred percent. But also like Craig Lieberman came in and he was like, now let's bring in really really like big name cars as well so we're not just fucking around with like local cars so it's not just like honda civics anymore and things like that so like he brings in the nissan skyline like that nissan skyline was his own nissan skyline and he had to import that that car is not legal in this country which he had to get that from motorex which motorex was a company that existed in california at that time that was importing Skylines from Japan and basically doing the work to them to make them legal to drive in the United States. Like, So there was only like a handful of these legal in the US and Craig Lieberman had one of them. So they allowed he allowed them to use this car for the film. So this car is like super rare and super unique for the film. So right off the bat, like Brian's Skyline at the start of the movie, that's fucking like bonkers like no one's ever seen that car in the united states so this movie having a nissan skyline at the start of the movie and it being brian's car fucking insane second of all that moment is one of the most iconic moments in the series because that car becomes brian's car the nissan skyline is to brian what the charger is to dom you know what i'm saying and for like pretty much the rest of the series like Brian is known for being a Nissan Skyline. That's his iconic vehicle of choice kind of thing. But then on top of that in this movie, after they introduce the Nissan Skyline, they also bring in a Lancer Evolution 7, which, once again, JDM car not available in this country. And it was like impossible because they made a deal with Mitsubishi, which Mitsubishi was like, Hey, we want to give you this eclipse. So the eclipse that, that uh, Roman drives, they were like, we don't want this fucking car. This car's hideous. This is not going to work for this movie. This is like going against the entire tuner scene. Like this vehicle does not apply to this film. And they were like, we'll tell you what <laughs> you take this fucking hideous eclipse and you use this in your movie and we'll get you this, evo that you're asking for and they're like okay cool so they brought four rally evos over to the united states and they gave them to them and they put like these very rare damned body kits on them and then put like uh, an arc wing on them which arc doesn't exist anymore so these cars have like some of the rarest body kit parts you could ever see on a car on them and then they gave them to the movie and so they only had four of those evos to work with for this whole movie so they had to be like super careful for all their stunt work that they did for the movie now we have brian driving a skyline and an evo 7. these are both the first time anybody in the united states has ever seen these cars on screen so this movie is fucking insane just like i can tell you like as a kid who was into the tuner scene at the time to see a u.s film that portrayed both of those cars, I was blown away. I was like, whoa. And that's what I expected from the first film. Like when they told me that that movie was being made, that's what I was hoping for and expecting to see in that movie. And so I didn't really like the first movie as much when I was a kid, because I was like, I was told I was getting a sport compact like tuner movie and I kind of got like point break and I didn't really get like what I was hoping for. But then when this movie came along and we got like a Skyline and we got the Evo and then even like the, the muscle cars in this movie, like they had like the fucking Challenger, fucking Point Break car, and then they had the Yanko um, Camaro. Like they didn't just use muscle cars, like they went like very a saline Mustang. Like you have to understand like the, the care and attention to detail on the cars that were selected and chosen for this movie. These are not like just cars like these cars are so carefully selected and so like only car people would understand and know and like even though these movies are fun and everybody can watch them these movies are 100 percent built around and designed specifically for car people and like the attention to detail 
is overwhelming in each one of these films and the impact that these films have on the car communities and to this day still impact the car communities like the like i said like brian's skyline selling for five hundred and fifty thousand dollars at auction like these cars are legends these cars people replicate to this day like 20 30 years later like the first three fast and the furious movies are some of the most iconic cars ever created they have some of the most impact on the car scene ever they are the reason that mitsubishi brought the evo 8 and 9 over here which is like the first time those cars were ever available here they are the reason that the nissan skyline r35 became available in this country they are the reason the type r civic became available in this country like jdm cars became available to us in this country because of the fast and the furious franchise the impact that they've had on us is insane and like you just don't realize like how much they've influenced like the scene and how much people like Paul Walker in particular have influenced the car scene because him individually like going out and being part of the scene and going out to the car meets individually and like bringing his own skyline and bringing his own vehicles and showing up and being part of the car scene was so important to the car scene and like he's such an important integral piece of the modern JDM tuner scene and like you have to understand like how important these films are to all of that and I know it's like kind of boring and like not interesting to you guys but like it's still important and this particular film like Too Fast Too Furious is so important to all of where 2000s and even modern car culture goes and you'll never see a film series impact culture the way that these films ever have again and it's really weird yes you will you might but not to this degree i don't i really don't (laughs) think you will i really don't think you will not like this because it all just started with like why not i don't know like just someone read a magazine article about underground scene and the next thing you know like years and years and years of filming these I even know films. about reading it because like even where I live they would like in Butler middle of fucking nowhere they did the same shit they'd close streets down and fucking race illegally for sure this shit dates back yeah, to like the that 40s that was before and, Fast and Furious like Detroit muscle Detroit people that's like a whole thing like this is like America is built on cars cars in America have a, a tight relationship we love cars we have we did we always have like we still do like you can't ignore america's relationship with cars and you can't ignore hollywood's relationship with cars and you can't ignore film's relationship with cars and a car for film is just as important as the music as the costumes as the hair as everything i agree i love the cars in stagecoach and Mm -hmm. uh hondo those like, are great car movies. <laughs> but genuinely, like, they're just as important. <laughs> the you, car chase and Citizen Kane. You're talking shit, but you have a, a, a shelf of cars behind you, Chuck. They're all <laughs> iconic movie cars. Like, they're they're all just as important. Nah, I didn't want any of those. <laughs> they're all just as important. I do have important. to say, like, this movie had did have some um, James Bond vibes with the cars. Dude, I love Sookie's car in this movie. The pink 2000, uh, the, the Honda S2000. Uh, I don't care if you talk about the car culture or whatever but this is the last time you were just like it influenced the car culture so much but you didn't you never said how or why i was trying to but but some drunk asshole wouldn't let me (laughs) no i wasn't you were like you just i let you go and you i gave you like three sentences that you just said the same thing the same way but at least this time you're like oh they started importing these cars after the movies that they weren't in the in this country before that's kind of cool that's interesting and it would be cooler as the movies go on to kind of talk about how the cars relate to the people. And this one, I do like, there's an old meme going around that's like, we need more Fast and Furious movies where the people are color-coordinated with their cars, and it's that very first race where everyone's wearing the exact same <laughs> colored clothing as their cars that they race. One thing I was going to comment on with the color coordination of the cars, well, like with Dom, Dom's cars are always black, right? Like, that's generally what, Red. like... 
You think red now? He was like the red. Ra- he was the red ranger, <laughs> and then he became the black ranger. Well, like his cars are usually black, but he does have that red red um, superbird in one of the movies. But typically, his cars are all black. But then there's that point with um, the the Buster where all his cars become blue. So like his cars kind of all become blue. But another thing that you might not realize is that all of um, Paul Walker's cars are four wheel drive. So starting with this movie, um, the Skyline is an all wheel drive vehicle. He drives a GTR specifically, so that's all wheel drive. And then he moves over to the Evo. The Evo is also an all wheel drive vehicle. And then in um, the fourth film, he does have a Subaru that he drives, which is an all wheel drive vehicle. But then, pretty much predominantly for the rest of the series, he'll be in Skylines, which are all all-wheel drive vehicles. So, um, Paul Walker is always predominantly driving an all-wheel drive vehicle, whereas Dom is always driving a rear-wheel drive vehicle. Just so- Lexi, what is the plot of Too Fast, Too Furious? The plot of Too Fast, Too Furious is that there is some scumbag running some sort of operation in Miami of drugs or god knows what some sort of scumbaggery i think it's around cars or they're not very clear about what his scumbaggery really is to be perfectly honest and uh they want to use paul walker to infiltrate the the guy's society or whatever the fuck he is his agency and pretend to be a driver for him so that they can basically arrest this guy and shut his operation down and uh, Eva Mendez is already an operative that's in there. So they need to kind of figure out how to pull her out of this, too, because she's in deep. And so Paul Walker says, I'd like to bring my friend in to help me. So they bring in Tyrese to assist It's him. kind of an ultimatum. Yeah. Even though his deal is, you do, do this and we'll drop all your charges. And he's like, I'm not doing this unless you let me bring Tyrese in. Right. <laughs> then he... Uh, does this for him but does it on kind of his own terms and doesn't really play by the cops rules and has ludicrous there to help him play his own game at his own rules and there's a lot of street racing this movie has easily the most street racing i would say this one in tokyo drift the most street racing out of the entire series like hands down because these are the two movies that focus the most on racing whereas like from four on it definitely becomes like heist focused and like weird or there'll be a race like yeah here or there but racing's not really a focus from this point on like but this movie's got some no more solid race races like really good races too okay you know that part on the highway where they run over the saline mustang the, yeah, I think that's like the uh, one of the first character deaths. I'm assuming the guy did, did die. I, I would think that guy's dead. So the way they did that was um, <laughs> they had like a... Those sh- truckers were like, we're going to fuck with these cars and started driving all crazy. They had a shell of a Mustang and they had it on a crane. And they take the shell and they use the crane and they yank the, the shell underneath the truck and then run over it with the truck. So if you watch the action of how the, the saline slides underneath the truck... It's unnatural because a crane gently, like, it uses an arcing motion when it slides underneath the truck because a crane pulls it under the truck. It's really neat. The best the best action sequence in 2003, though, was Matrix Reloaded when they were on that highway that they built for the movie. Yeah. I think that was an okay sequence, wasn't it? Like It, it, was, a, it was probably the best sequence in the movie. Yeah. It's like the best also, sequence yeah. in the entire movie. <laughs> The movie's like gets kind of dull, a little convoluted, but then you get the one of the best action sequences of all time. Those are some good years for for those. It was the same year Final Destination Two <laughs> came out. Another, I mean, maybe the best highway scene of yeah. all those films. Oh, Final yeah, Destination horror, Two horror action, sci-fi action, and I guess yeah. this is comedy. Me, I, I'd say this is a strong dose of comedy. Let me tell you, one. as a delivery driver, yeah. every time I get behind a truck that's got like logs or tubes or any kind of shit like that i yeah anything loose that looks like it's just just like i just have that final destination moment and i just i have to get over i like can't be (laughs) behind it i'm like nope i know it's a sidestep talking about that movie but that is the highlight of final destination 2 all day i don't think there's anything that there's nothing that good in the rest of the movie (laughs) its peak is like the very beginning i think that's the highlight of the final destination series 
like easily uh, the best probably of them all. Uh, it might be the yeah. most memorable I, like i i like the first and third movie the best but yeah maybe that highway scene it gets ridiculous it's like over the top ridiculous like the kid it's slamming insane. the cars together and it goes on it goes on for like 15 minutes you're like god damn yeah i think that's like the lo- one of the longer ones for like when they film like the whole everybody dying that's like one of the longest ones out of the entire it's when the series. guy on the motorcycle yeah. shows up in, in the sequence and you're just like that guy <laughs> that poor guy <laughs> so anyway yeah it's too, wonderful too fast I mean, there's too a lot furious. Of, yeah there's a lot of fun things in this it's got james remar in it you might remember him from dexter he's played harry dexter's dad he never leaves miami apparently he only yeah. lives in miami right now. um <laughs> he is the funniest uh, he's like FBI agent or something. I don't know tell who he works for, but he like there's oh, three times in the movie they worked for customs. Custom, no customs. <laughs> it was the Bureau of Customs. Oh, he uses customs. That's what it was. Uh, he's really funny because he thinks they're running like three times. Yeah, like every time he fucks something up, it's because he's like, oh, they're running. They're, they're running, running every time, and then he like, and then he fucks them up who are trying to do their fucking job every time hey this movie also has jet ski racing it, it does i don't think that happens in any of the other i, movies. I guess briefly yeah. it does like uh, with ludicrous's with pad that could have been a spinoff the ludicrous uh jet ski scene i have two questions first of all at what point are we left to understand or believe that ludicrous is a high-tech computer expert where does that come in because this movie does not present <laughs> anything. To, this guy is just a hustler. He's just, he's just hiding that talent. And then, second of all, this series does Sookie dirty. How is she not an integral character in the series? Like, how does she not have more screen time and come back and all this kind of stuff? How is she not a character? She is such an important character in this movie. Like, she's there for, like, the whole film. She's, like, part of the, the escape sequence. She's part of the races. She's always, like, offering her services. She's about as prominent as Ludacris for not continuing, yeah. Like she, exactly. Like, so how is it that, like, she's she's Ludacris's, like, right-hand man in this movie, pretty much. You know what? There's still one more Fast... Well, we didn't see Fast 10 yet, and there's still another Fast movie after that. There's plenty of time. Nah, Sookie ain't coming back, and you know it. They'll bring Brian's they, dead corpse back before they'll bring fucking Sookie back. Yeah, they did. Exactly. They've already they've already done it once, and they're definitely doing it again. So there's no way they're not having him back again. Right, right. Sookie got done dirty. So the S2000 that Sookie's is also the S2000 from the first film that was um, the the one that beat the the kid who got shots in the race wars. <laughs> The inappropriately named race. It's racehorse. the one Johnny Tran ran. Johnny Johnny Trans Johnny Trans S two thousand is also Sookie's S two thousand. Oh, they just painted it pink. They painted it pink and put a body kit on it. And uh, I have seen that car. Um, like I've not seen it up close personally, but I've seen video of it. And like a lot of those body panels and stuff, like just do not fit or sit on mm-hmm. that car right at all. It's really funny. I've seen it too in the movie Too Fast Too Furious. If you're interested in actually seeing it in person, it is on display at the Peterson in um, in L A. It's cool. I love that car. I think that car's sick. That's like one of my favorite Fast and the Furious cars. I really like the cars in the first race. I really think they did a good job of like character matching the cars. Like they're fun. Everyone's car is really like unique and kind of like interesting and different, but also like unique to the character. And like, even though they're only like in the movie for that one first race, like that one first no, race is they so come iconic. Back. They all come back. For the rest of the, like they come back for the the escapes. they come back for the thomas crown affair the escape sequence yeah yeah so that sequence is also back for that super super cool so like craig weberman went out into the community and he just like went to every tuner in the community and he was like hey we need every tuner that we can possibly find in the area to show up to shoot a sequence today um we're just driving out of the shed that's all we're doing so like show up with your cars bring all your cars bring anybody who you know who's got a car and just show up for the sequence and so for that entire like sequence those are all just local people's like tuner cars they just showed up for that to do that and it was an opportunity to get your movie in a like your car in a fast and the furious movie so like people were like so i wonder how they pulled it off because there's teamsters and only teamsters are allowed to drive cars on camera I guess besides the actor being in there. So how did they pull that off? I don't know. 
But you know what was really funny about that sequence? Did you see how many fucking PT cruisers were in that? Uh, I saw a couple pickup trucks. There was like at least four different modified PT cruisers. It's <laughs> like holy shit. You love the PT cruiser. I do. Do you know what my 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 dream is? Is if I win the lottery, yes. I'm gonna give everybody yeah. that I know a Brian Susser Orchestra PT cruiser. Chuck, you're in this. You're getting one. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you can't drive. It'll just sit in your yard. <laughs> Right, that's right. The Brian Setzer edition. That's not a fake thing. They made a Brian Setzer edition PT Cruiser. It's amazing. Justin's like, I know this because you keep sending it to me. (laughs) Are uh, West Coast Choppers still a thing? They are. uh, I think they are still a thing. Yeah, I think he's still. Yeah, it's like not. They're just not as. I don't think they're like necessarily as big. I think it's. I think it's sure like he, does he still, sold like, do the that. brand. So the brand is still a thing, but he's yeah. not part of it anymore. A lot of it. There's a lot of West Coast shoppers. Like, even Paul Walker put a fucking sticker on his boat. Talk about two, 2000s. Like, the West Coast the customs. Sobe, I saw, like, a thing for Sobe. That's dead. Yeah. Uh, in Grindhouse, the um, Planet Terror, when um, mm-hmm. she comes. Remember that yeah, the sequence when they come through the, the shed? on the motorcycle and she's got the machine gun on her leg and they flip around she shoots all the zombies oh yeah 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 at first i thought you're talking about the very tiny like kids motorcycle that the guy drives no 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 the the one they come through the door on that's a west coast yeah uh, it's a jesse james customs he actually built that himself that was one of his that sequence is like one of the greatest sequences in film ever shot like hands down <laughs> the, the one from planet terror oh yeah when they the fucking Jesse James custom chopper when she comes bursting through the door and the fucking mows down the zombies with the machine gun leg it's like the hottest thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> so fucking good the only thing that's just like cinema's cinema's peaked there it hasn't it's never gotten close again ah I think about the only thing I can compare it to that's like as hot as Doomsday when she finds the Rolls Royce flying spur and she drives it through the side of the Doom bus. That's pretty fucking hot, too. Was it hot when uh, Tyrese ejected that guy from his car? No. It's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> I like. I know we're jumping all around. Hopefully a lot of people who are listening to this have already watched Too Fast and Too Furious. Hopefully. It's been like, what, uh, what too, 20 years? <laughs> I said it like it was two different movies. Too Fast, Too Furious, not Too Fast and Too Furious. Also, yeah, hopefully you have watched it. I appreciate that this, this is a movie where uses two and it's like the number two too fast. It's good. Yeah, it kind of it's it's very clever for this movie, and it really kind of fucks up the continuity of all the titles <laughs> thereafter. Yeah, we got like a fun. It, it plays with the audience a little bit. Like it doesn't tell the audience always what it's doing. Right. Like, when they're tuning up their cars, but you don't really see what cars they're working on, and Brian asks about empty NOS cans because he wants to be able to eject the seat, you think that they're possibly working on the cars that they've been driving the whole time and not the muscle cars that they acquired halfway through the movie. I actually really like that sequence, too, where they race yeah. those guys that are, wear, like, dressed like, I don't want to offend our friend Chuck, but our one friend, <laughs> just like, they're dressed like, I don't know, kids. But they're um, <laughs> the oldest looking people I've ever seen. But I do like how their muscle cars are much faster. And Paul Walker does chicken to, like, throw that guy off. Yeah. Essentially be able to catch up to him. Yeah. It's simple and you, cool. You want to talk about a one-sided race. Like, the first time I saw that, I'm just like, there ain't no way that Eclipse could fucking possibly beat those cars. That Eclipse would lose so quick. I'm like, Nos or not, like, eh, ain't no fucking way. It, it's funny, too, because... Tyree smack talks the whole time. Yeah. And he's never ahead. No. He's never ahead in any moment. And he's like, I got your ass and all that stuff. And I'm like, he's way far behind. Like, what? what's he talking about? <laughs> I'll say the Evo, all wheel drive, turbocharged, like off the line, it would be a little slow. But when the tuber- turbo spools up, like, it's a 50 50 on that one. I've seen Evos do really well at the track. Like, if, you, if it's unmodified, though, I don't know. Like, that's one like you could sit back and you could say like a 50 50 on that one but like that eclipse there ain't no way that's not happening <laughs> but like that's the fun of the movie right like he's got the nos like he's gonna like creep up on him the guy throws the sign at him but that's the thing 
He had him we with do, the Nos. We, we do get in the one race, too, where it's not Nos-related, yeah. where Brian's like, too wide, and he gets ahead of that guy. He did want he got the corner too more wide. tuner cars in this film, and Universal was like, I think we should bring more muscle cars into the movie. And so when Craig Lieberman heard that, he's like, okay, but I want to bring more like modern ones in. And I mean, you're also you're also not talking about the fact that the director of this movie is John Singleton. What's he known for? Because I'm unfamiliar at that moment. Like Boys in the Hood. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> one of the best movies. Four Four Brothers. Yeah. No, you're he not even wrong. Even stills Tyrese for Four Brothers. Yeah. No, excellent movies. This movie's well done. That's the thing. Like I remember seeing the first one and not liking it, and I was just disappointed. And then I saw this one, and I was like, I really like this one. It's fun. It's like well done. Like the sequences flow, but everything flows well. Like it paces itself well. It goes from sequence to sequence well. It has enough like slow moments. It knows when to turn on yeah. the boss, and then it knows when not to. Every sequence flows into each action sequence well. I think like I think this is a really competent film. Like I really genuinely enjoy this film. I don't think it's like the best of the series. But it's definitely, like, one of my favorites. Yeah, there's two two big mistakes. Mistake number one, at the end of the movie, the bad guy essentially, Carter, kidnaps Eva Mendez's character, and they're driving the car, and they have to do the Dukes and Hazard jump onto the boat. Yeah. And I really just wish that they just kill, crushed the bad guy, like, just landed right on top of him, and that was, like, <laughs> the end of the movie. Like, that would have been great. They didn't have to do any, like none of the shootout stuff just straight up killed the guy by landing a car on him that would have been the perfect ending and then the only time that this movie feels really aged is the post credits cg yeah yeah, yeah. some of the worst <laughs> some of the worst effects i've ever seen they don't even move like cars move you know it keeps hitting me with these movies that i just like never thought of before is that these movies are for kids like they they're not but they are like no they aren't they're for men yeah like they're for like young kids like the young men but like the when they bring the cop in right and they have that sequence in the the bar and they're gonna torture the cop and they they torture the oh, cop yeah. and, and you're like oh shit like the, the the cop torturing scene and all they do is they put a rat in a bucket on his belly and they just put a blowtorch on it and i'm like oh god the rat's gonna scratch his belly slightly like i'm just like it's like it's like really like the, no, like, the rat's gonna eat through him right but it's not because it's like they didn't spend enough time with like doing it and the way the sequence was done and what have you and then when he got up he just had like a few scratches on his stomach and it just really wasn't that horrific and it really wasn't like that brutal and it's like you know any other film no, it was would have pushed it wasn't that because they, they were just, they just threatened him they weren't killing him they needed him but you know like any other film would have pushed that sequence harder like another film would have taken that torture scene and like shown like how over the top this guy is or shown how much more evil this guy is or done something with the cigar cutter with That's the guy's finger they, like you know hey the guy's got the cigar two, cutter the whole time guys. it's like anybody else like if this had been if this has been a takashi vk film like that sequence would have been way more over the top just saying like <laughs> no questions if this was a terrence malick film it'd be fucking sick yeah or tarantino no, there's a lot of good stuff in this. Besides, you get the street race because they're short a uh, racer, and very early on, it lets you know that like Brian is something, a person that nobody wants to race against because he's that good. Uh, cops acquire him very fast with their uh, EPM thing that they have. They take him down and they recruit him, and we get our Tyrese. And then the very first thing is it's a car race to basically earn your right at this guy's table to work under for uh, work for him. And you have the scene where somebody gets fucking murdered on the highway. It's a great and sequence, no one else too. gets arrested. That, that whole race is awesome. The guy gets run over, but Paul Walker still has time to flip around backwards and give his friend the finger and, you know, posture at him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it more, especially, like, Fast Five. But the ending sequence of that movie, I think the consequences would be more dire for what they're doing because they kind of ignore the fact that there's probably a lot of people that get killed except obviously what they're teasing for the new one it seems like they're bringing back somebody that was specifically at that moment in their life and they're fucking mad yeah i'm not super excited about 10 if i am to be honest it seems like yes you are they're 
going to be some issues with it for sure. I mean, I'm excited to see where we take the series and how we finish things, but see, you said excited. You are excited. You said, I will say this, you know, what's interesting when you look at the trailer just for 10 and you look at this film, which trailer, the one where they're just sitting in the cars, just, just any, going through all the characters. any of it, any of the footage that you see from 10, any like stuff that you see, when you look at 10 and then you look at the film that we just watched. Look how colorful this movie was. Look how not colorful 10 looks. Where did we stop being colorful? These movies were so fun and colorful. Like, you don't need to, like, make the cars all covered in fucking neon and, like, all covered in 18 billion graphics. I mean, the most colorful one's probably three. Definitely. And that's got the Japanese stuff, too. Like, so that's a big part of that is that you also have Tokyo, which Tokyo also adds a lot of color to the film as well because tokyo is a very colorful city so the cars are very colorful and then there's a lot of neon with the city and all that kind of stuff as well which usually you have la which la tends to have a lot of color but then they also shot in florida which florida has or miami has a lot of color so and you get the sun the sunsets and all that kind of shit too so you know it, it it, they've shot in all these really colorful places and then they go and they keep shooting in fairly color. I mean, the what's the one that they shoot? What's the one that has the sequence that starts with them doing the heist in the, with the, the gas trucks? That's like where Letty dies at the very start of that one. That's four. Yeah, so that one starts in a colorful four, place. Yeah. What's the... the, the uh, uh, was it um, Rio? Is that where they start out? Rio? Five, it's like another place five, that could be Rio. colorful, but it's like they keep like using those like modern-day film filters and all that kind of shit where they start washing the films out more and more. So it's like in the cars, like once again, like the paint jobs are getting like more muted as the films go on. And then you like, as you said, Tyrese ends up being the only person that drives colorful cars at one point. So it's just like... It's so funny too in this one where they're like, there's the two car options and Tyrese is like, I'm picking this one and it's like they're both loud as fuck like which loud as fuck car do you want well he wanted a convertible <laughs> yeah that's what he said yeah yeah he, he had to have the convertible which is like totally fair but it's like yeah did you want the the neon green yellow one with like a giant wing on it or did you want the purple reflective one with 18 billion graphics on it that's a convertible with a giant wing on it <laughs> that also has some sort of bizarre looking steering wheel <laughs> The interiors on these cars are absolutely absurd. I mean, he was happy with his. He was happy with it. Uh, They're so happy with their cars, and then they pulled up to that guy's house and immediately were made fun of. They deserve that. I feel like they deserve that. Like when they rolled up with those cars, and like there was like those guys with these like classic muscle cars that were all like, "Did you get that out of a toy box?" I was like, I think they deserve that. Tyrese does have some of the. Tyrese has some of the best lines too. I love the one where he's at the boat stalling for uh, Paul Walker and Eva Mendez. And he's like, you think with all that money that you you have, that you would have got that mole removed from your face? Yeah. That's a classic. And his hamburger meat line, that sticks with me always. <laughs> I would say just in general when he's always like, yeah. he's just always constantly eating. Like, yeah, when that guy's like, that's yeah, my lunch. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a high metabolism. Tyrese is really funny in this movie. And it's funny how he stops being funny in the other films. And Ludacris ends up being the funny person. No, they're kind of like the two that work off of each other randomly. They're supposed to be, but he's really not funny as things go on. Just kind of gets weaker as things go on. We'll we'll see. As we get through them, we'll see. This is his strongest performance. But I'd also say that, like, as you stated, like, this is kind of the point in Tyrese's career where he's kind of at the peak. He has given some good performances at this point. So, and then he kind of does nothing like as the fast and furious films go on he doesn't really do much with his career so he doesn't give us a whole lot of good performances to really look back on i almost feel like everyone kind of gets robbed like a lot of the cast from one don't get to come back to two a lot of the cast from two don't come back to three well i guess nobody comes back no comes back for three and then fours like where they kind of start to try to restart it and fives where they bring like i would say like most of the people back and now it keeps growing but it's also when we get into it the most insane like we'll have to start keeping count but i swear to god like three people have died and have all come back so you don't stay dead in this franchise here's a bit of my theory on this and that is craig lieberman and that craig lieberman had strong influence who's craig lieberman craig lieberman was a guy he's not like a he's i can't remember what they said he was he's like just basically a creative consultant producer that was brought in for the purpose of the cars in the films 
he's also does the stunt work and like that kind of stuff. Like he's one of the creative consultants when it comes to like building and all the cars and all that kind of stuff like that. But he's not one of the film's filmmakers. He's just the car person. But his influence on the cars and the car side of the film seems to have had like a really strong impact on the films and the direction the films went. Craig Lieberman had a lot of impact on the way that these films flowed and kind of went. So the first film, he just kind of was there as a consultant to kind of like help with the car side of it. This film, it seems like he really had a lot more hands on. Like they were like, okay, Craig, we need more of your influence on this film. The car stuff was really like what sold the first film. This film, we want more of that. We really need you for this film can you like help us and he's like okay i got you and so like he put his like touch all over this movie and so even though he's not he touched everything yeah and so like the third film i feel is kind of like craig lieberman coming in and saying like all right fast and furious this is my vision for what i think this film series should be as a car series not a detective crime whatever series i think that it's a series about cars i think it's about sport compact cars well they take the underworld part a little bit further it's like it's not underground car races there's underground crime it always gets involved with the series right like i think i think they they want it there but i think craig's like i think the influence and the main focus of the series needs to be about like underground racing more so than anything and so he really wanted the third film to be about the JDM racing scene. And so he's like, let's just set it in Japan. Let's have it be like a fish out of water story. Let's have it be, you know, all this kind of like real heavy focus on drifting because drifting is becoming the big thing at the moment. Let's have it focus on like all this kind of stuff. I like how you're talking so much about Tokyo Drift in the Too Fast, Too Furious episode. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that I feel like where Tokyo Drift kind of fits, like when you ask like where does Tokyo Drift fit into the, like the series... I think it fits into the series as the guy who was the car guy who had influence over the series saw the series as a car series and was trying to push it in a car-centric direction. And this is what he saw as a vision of what the series should be doing. After he made that film, when they were like going to make a fourth one, someone went, so anyway what about paul walker and vin diesel and like all that shit and what have you and they scrapped like everything lieberman wanted and when lieberman heard they were making a fourth one he was like no fuck you don't make a fourth movie like he was mad about it and they were like well we're gonna make a fourth one and we'd like you to consult on it again for the cars and he was like i don't want this i don't want this i don't want this and so like he was very adamantly against the fourth film and he's been boycotting the series ever since the fourth one and he stepped away from it at that point and that's where the series takes a turn and so my i, I my theory is like that Tokyo Drift kind of this one and then Tokyo Drift is why the series takes the drift like the, the changes it does so strangely do you know what I mean I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that but I mean I, I, I understand the shift after the third movie a lot of people weren't fucking happy with that movie because they lost so many of the character overall looking back it's definitely one of the it really is one of the stronger movies but I get the people that are like I like Vin Diesel I like Paul Walker and they're got rid of all the fucking characters this is like halloween 3 think about it exactly like halloween 3 right it is fast and furious season of the witch that's what they should have called it that's exactly exactly what it is because it's like somebody (laughs) had a vision and they thought that the series was supposed to be this and so they pushed out tokyo drift but like everybody thought they were getting more michael myers and they didn't get more michael myers they got Tokyo Drift. <laughs> yeah, and then when I got Halloween 4, Halloween yeah, 4, Lucas the return Black. of Michael Myers, a.k.a. Fast and Furious, the fourth one. Yeah. It made me like the third one so much more. I was like, the third one is a hell of a lot better than this. Right. And, like, you do have appreciation for Tokyo Drift now when you look back at it because Tokyo Drift is a really good movie. But, like, if you were looking for exactly what you said, like, more Paul Walker more vin diesel more like what you've been building your franchise on see this is what they keep doing with like you got to be careful with your franchises when you keep building a franchise and you set your first two films around an expectation and then you pull the rug out from all of your fan base and you go yeah well for this film totally different idea totally different whatever like concept and what have you what 
do you expect people to do? Do you think they're not going to like react poorly to that? It's that's an interesting comparison though to be able to like be like Fast and the Furious is like Halloween, where like the third one is like. <laughs> yeah, and we're almost getting fast ends. Yeah, yeah. Fast kills is this one ten. Yeah, and like he's like, if we're gonna end it. It's like just kidding. And then someone's going to come back, and they're going to, like, restart the series. Yeah, somebody brought it up. It might have been you, where it's, like, obviously little Brian, the kid who's not even born yet in this one, will probably just take, like, they'll have, you know, that in, what, five years or ten years, they'll have another series start up with him. Yeah, him him and Vin Diesel's kid, because they'll both, like, you know. That is Vin Diesel's kid. Is Vin Diesel's kid named Brian? Yeah. So what's Brian's kid's name? I don't know what the, Vinny? (laughs) <laughs> Vinny and Tyrese. I don't know which one of them gets to wear Dom Dom's cross. His ugly, his ugly, terrible cross. <laughs> his kid Brian. Okay. Okay. I kind of w- well. I'm, we're jumping all around. I'll wait until we get to part eight or whatever. <laughs> I'll, and I'll talk about that. I don't know what else there is to really say about two. It is probably the most fun. It feels very tight. Like everything in it, the plot moves along pretty fast it kind of has like the buddy cop vibe to it it doesn't move too fast though no it doesn't move too fast oh it does in the first race i love the effects of the racing where like you see the exterior shots of the actual race and the cars are moving at like a decent speed but when they're inside the car it looks like they're going like thousands of miles yeah. per hour. like everything's fucking blurred i love it it doesn't make any sense, but no. I actually I think this is a perfect sequel. It's a really good follow up to what we were given from the first film. You may not get a lot of the characters from the first film back, but I think it's exactly what you want. You get your main well, character. Well, you kind of got Ludacris back. Remember how you talked about Ludacris' song? Yeah. Now, now you had Ludacris. Uh, you know what? I'll take Ludacris all day, and he's a great addition. He's a good character. He's really fun. He's great in this movie. He's good as just the hustler. I know he becomes a good character later on in the series. Like he becomes like a integral fun character too. But like he's just as good in this as just fun, ludicrous being ludicrous. In this movie, he's like straight up just ludicrous. Like he's not Taj or like the character we get to know later on. Like he's just playing ludicrous in this movie. Like literally. I mean, he doesn't have to pretend to be anybody else. No, this is like peak ludicrous in his career too. You know what I was thinking about? Why is it that Outcast never made it onto the soundtrack of a Fast and the Furious movie? No bombs over Baghdad? Come on now. Just saying. I don't know, but they also are acting and they made it into Four Brothers. Andre 3000, he's in there with Tyrese. Yeah. Andre 3000 is the best. I love him. Is it Mark Wahlberg? And then it's the kid from Tron Legacy. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who the the Four Brothers are. Man, I fucking love Tron Legacy. I thought you were going to say Four Brothers. Tron Legacy is so good. There's a new Tron movie coming out. I'm so fucking excited. Uh, I'm not. Sounds like it's going to have way too much Jared Leto. I'm okay with this. I like Jared Leto. I mean, I think he's replacing Daft Punk's music, too. No. Like, he's doing the music. No. They need to get See, Daft Punk. doesn't sound good. No. They got to get Daft Punk back. Like, that was the best part of that. Like, hands down. They're not even making music. Well, they, they're not making music together, and one of them is doing, like, orchestrated music now. Like, there's no electronic sounds in it at all. I'm I'm okay with that, I guess. They're French. They can do what they want. Yeah, they have to come back. They will. Everybody come on, Disney, does. Disney fork out the money. Let's get a new soundtrack. I'd pay for them. They'd be like, Justin, half the budget's going to Daft Punk. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 and what's your point? How else do you want a da- new Daft Punk? I'm sorry. Album. Did you want a good movie or did you want you know? <laughs> you know that they're like literally the best part of the entire film. What the fuck are you talking about? They will be in it as well, so you'll be paying that as well, Disney. Let's, they got to get their cameo uh, Chuck, in there. Chuck, which one do you like more, the first or the second? I think I like the second So it's one. kind of a u- unanimous two. I don't think the series is great at this point, though. I don't. Uh, I, this isn't the peak of the series for me. I have a question. What is your favorite car that you have seen so far? Uh, the Pizza Hut car in the first movie. No. That doesn't count. What about Too Fast? What is your favorite car from Too Fast? <laughs> It probably is the Skyline overall. It just looks so cool. Beyond that, I don't know. That Skyline is fucking hot. It's so good. What about you, Chuck? I agree with you. I do like... Oh, my God. It's so good. 
It does just look, I don't know, yeah. It's so it cute, and it's just, like, so over the top. I like all their cars. Like, I, I do mm. I do like that they're all color-coded, and, like, it's, it, yeah, it is very, very much, a, like, cartoony. Like, every everyone has their, speed racer. their perfectly matching outfits to, to color-coordinate their cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a speed racer type thing. Yeah, it does, it does make me think of, like, a, more of an anime type thing with that, with everyone having the matching cars to outfits, Power Rangers just, type thing. I wish film was more fun like this like having that creativity the people matching their cars and having fun creative colors and shit like that i think brian's evo in this one is probably one of my favorite fast and the furious cars i love the color i'm like huge into the color but i'm also really big into evos like the evo 7s particular one of my all-time favorite cars like hands down suki's s2000 is probably one of the best cars ever and um, I'm a big Skyline fan, but I don't think this is Brian's best Skyline, even though it's sweet. I actually really like... Do you think he realized that he was on the wrong side of the car? That he's right-hand drive? It's a Japanese car. Did he realize that, do you think? Both his cars are right-hand drive, because his Evo is uh, right-hand drive, too. Because uh, his Evo 7 is Japanese as well. So both of his cars in this movie are right-hand drive. Uh, I would assume he realizes that. Who? <laughs> Brian. Yeah, yeah, Brian. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he did... He gets he, he gets used. He's just, it's like the only way he can drive anymore is that he just only drives on the opposite side of a car because mm-hmm. it's the only cars he drives. It's like I just started driving. Any car he gets into, yeah. Any car yeah. he gets into, the steering wheel is on the right side. He goes to get into the the American car and he's like, "Oh, the fuck is this?" <laughs> I, I do. And now I want to see that in a movie where like the steering wheel is not is on the left side, but when he gets in the right side, it's just there already for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he gets out of the car, it's just a normal car again. It just shifts, like, specifically for Brian. Mm-hmm. It's just the interior shots, too. Like, there's one exterior shot in this that I think is funny where uh, it, it must because of the stunt drivers, but you can't see through the, the windshield for no reason whatsoever. It's, like, this weird glare on it. Sort of during one of the action sequences towards the end when they pulled the Thomas Crown Affair thing. Which what I'm referring to is the cops follow them to this warehouse and when they come out they like release easily a hundred plus cars to kinda confuse them and they're unable to follow them. But it is fun because they do have Brian and uh Tyrese's car going a completely different way, so they follow them and it ends up being ludicrous and Suki driving those. The sequence when Brian's driving backwards on the freeway, he's on the back of a trailer, he can't physically drive a car backwards on a freeway yes he can don't take that away from us top speed of that evo is (laughs) 35.5 miles an hour in reverse yeah but it's not about the car it's about the driver Uh uh-huh i thought somebody that knows car culture would know that yeah you can't make a car go 80 miles an hour on a freeway in reverse i mean you can't make that car fly onto the yacht at the end you can do that with the ramp Not not okay you're like, haven't you played with Hot Wheels? It it can work. Uh, so you can do it. The physics are there. You know what I was thinking about when you were saying where was um, Vin Diesel in this? He was making Triple X. He was making what? Triple X. Was he? No, he was making the Chronicles yeah. of Rome. Wasn't Triple X out around this time, though? Or was that before this? I don't remember. It was definitely Pitch Black, Fast and Furious, then Chronicles of Riddick. Because he was making Triple X with the intention of that being... Triple X game. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, so so that was supposed to be his big franchise because they were billing Triple X to be the the extreme sports James Bond, remember? Like, that was the whole point of that franchise. Like, that's what they were trying to... that movie sucked. That movie sucked ass. And then, like, they tried again with, like, the one with Ice Cube, like, way down the road. I didn't see the Ice Cube one, but I saw the third one, and I I thought they... Didn't they bring Ice Cube back, or, like, they reference reference him in some way? There's a lot of shit in Too Fast, Too Furious that, stunt-wise, they mimic in... Or that they did in Triple X poorly that they did better in Too Fast, Too Furious. So it's they kinda... killed a stunt guy in Triple X. I remember that. Like in real life? Yeah. I think I remember hearing about that. I think it was a, a snowboarding scene or something. Yeah, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. That was like the dumbest idea ever. Like, was ex- extreme sports James Bond? I was like, what the fuck, man? So stupid. I mean, James Bond does extreme sports. Like, he's had skiing right. scenes. That whole era of like the everything being extreme, the, everything with the big X. What a weird fucking time. DMX. No, no, no. Like, 
that all the food and all the snacks, everything <laughs> being extreme. So oh, you're talking about just the logo, the extreme general. sports. Well, that's what Triple X was playing off of. Was that it was the ex- extreme sports shit? Like it literally starts with bungee jumping, doesn't it? Is it bungee jumping? I or don't f- remember. Or is he free free jumping? It's so stupid. It's the worst fucking movie. And it's got dirt bikes at one point. I get him confused, but like Vin Diesel literally is like he's trying to rebuild the Riddick series. He's like doing a fourth one. I know. He's got to stop. Pitch Black was so Uh, good. I heard the third one was good, but I still never saw the third one. The third one was okay, but it wasn't. It was like because it was like trying to play off. The best stuff is Pitch Black, the video game Butcher Bay, and um, the animated film that was done by um, Peter Chung. Those are like the three best Riddick things, like hands down. The um, Chronicles of Riddick movie was a piece of shit, and then the third, the, the third Riddick film that you're talking about, it was like okay, but it wasn't really worth watching. It was kind of slow and really kind of boring. And Chronicles of Riddick, he kills the guy with a teacup. It was so fucking bad. I saw that shit in the theater. I was so disappointed. I was a huge Riddick fan. Like I was like really, really into Riddick. That when I was young. I was hard into Vin Diesel. Like, I followed this guy's career. I watched everything he was in. I was so fucking into Vin Diesel. I thought this guy was going to be so big, and I was, like, so into him. And, like, it just never really went anywhere that it could have gone. Remember, was it Babylon 80? He did a lot of, like, cyberpunk shit back in the day. Like, he had a bunch of these, like, cyberpunk things I was expecting more from, and just all kind of fell flat. Everything he did fell flat. And it's like I was saying, like, with Justin later on, I was like, if he didn't have the Fast and Furious series at this point in his career, I don't believe this man would have a career because every movie that he's made since that isn't Fast and the Furious has been a complete box office failure. Like, he's had no successes at all. What was that last thing that he did? Was it Deadshot? Is that the one that he did recently? Where he had, like, the superpowers or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood. Blood, blood bloodshot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't great. And then there was that one that he did with, like, the witch hunters. Trivia. This is how we're going to end the episode. (laughs) Ready for it? Yeah. How tall is Vin Diesel? Oh, shit. Probably 5'9". Do you have a guess? 5'7"? Chuck's closer. 5'11 and a half. Oh, he's taller than I thought. He's not that short. He has claimed, I'm 5'1 on a radio show, but wears thick-heeled boots a lot of the time. That's celebheights.com. How tall is The Rock? Okay. The Rock is like tall. Six, four. So, like, The Rock is significantly taller than him, then. He's six foot five and 260 pounds. Wow. The Rock's huge. Well, I don't know. He might have lost some weight, but um, that's why they, they butted heads and he wanted him out of the franchise because he was too short. Uh, how many bald-headed men show up in the Fast and the Furious franchise? There's a lot. At least three. There's at least three. There's Statham, there's Rock, there's Finn. Is there more? And Finn kind of has some hair in the first. Yeah. He's not clean. He's bald, but he's not clean. Yeah, yeah. All right. Great way to end that. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next Tuesday to talk about Tokyo Drift. Yes, it's my favorite one. All right, that was our episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. are Cinema Demore. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening.